Hey Rippers, are you learning how to surf? But have you got a clue? Or are you a big old kook? There is a difference, you know. And since there's many ways to kook it, you should stick around and learn a thing or two. Because if you don't know, let me tell you right now that surfers love to spot a kook. But don't get all stressed about it, because everyone kooks it once in a while. And that's the reason we started KookCast. Because the more you know, the less you'll kook it. <laughs> so bust out your swimmies and get ready to learn. KookCast is here to lead you on your journey out of kookdom one episode at a time. And hopefully, offer you some traction on this slippery slope between kookery and killing it. I'm your host, Coach Chris, and I started the surf coaching and education resource, thesurfcontinuum.com. So this week on the show, Coach Evan and I are just batting back and forth this whole concept that we started uh, like cultivating. Uh, we didn't even know what to call it really. You know, it's just this idea. It's a theory. It's a, it's a, a refinement in your surfing that comes from a long time of being on your surfboard. And really, it's it's you and the surfboard joining together and becoming one. You know, when you become one with your board, you really learn how to use your board and not just lie on it or stand on it or sit on it. But in those different positions, there's things that you can do to help you, help you surf, <laughs> help you surf easier. Because let's face it, most of the things you have to do in surfing are hard, except for the very small windows of chances you get to stand on your board while being propelled by a wave. Everything else is pretty hard, you know, turtle rolling, duck diving, punching through whitewater, paddling to catch a wave, getting up to your feet for some people even. Uh, it's, it's all a challenge. So when you learn or not even learn, when you realize, when the revelation strikes that there is a power in your board that you can tap into to help you surf and surf better and easier and more efficiently, it's like groundbreaking. It's huge. And so if you haven't gotten there yet, this episode's not going to teach you how to find it. It's not going to teach you how to use that power, but it will get you out there thinking and it will get you out there. Like it'll catch you in moments. You'll see like, oh, look how that, look how I did do that just there. Like the way I laid down on my surfboard, that was a little bit more efficient that propelled me forward a little bit or the way I caught that wave we really just want to trigger in you a bit of a sensitivity to these moments that you might at first do by accident and then through recognition and hopefully because of this episode in your head <laughs> you uh, might try to do it on purpose later and it really is the difference between some of those really proficient really effortless gliding along surfers versus the ones that are doing nothing but using their own power to to pull their board forward or to get themselves into waves all right definitely one of those ambiguous topics there's really no way for us to framework it out to you know like we just kind of just let it fly that's basically what i'm trying to say so do your best to to grasp on to any little bits or straws that you can to keep yourself afloat and and maybe find a little bit of a breakthrough at least we're trying to plant the seed here all right have a happy new year everybody we will see you next year yes so the power of your board i really think this is a defining characteristic of like mm -hmm. the way you and i 
and skilled surfers who know how to harness the power of their board. Yep. That's the difference between how we make it look fun and easy and other people are struggling basically with every single stroke, every little thing that they do on their board. We are using all that buoyancy and all that foam to our advantage. We're, we're using the turbulence of the water to our advantage yes, yep. and we are women and skirting all over the place out there yeah it's such an important important breakthrough to make in your surfing is to recognize the potential the power that's already in your board in your equipment and uh, we're going to talk a lot about it but it just came up for me because this past week we had our trip in la mission our surf trip with uh, a couple really great uh, clients students of ours and i I'm just, you know, when you're with somebody that much, you really start to get to know them, you know, like little things about them and you see them differently and how they are in the water and how they, I just little stuff, you know, it's like when you move in with somebody, you think you know them until you move in with them and then you really get to know if you like them or don't. <laughs> so, you know, that in that, in that theme, one of the things I started recognizing was just how you know the difference between you coach ev going through a wave and one of our students is that you're using your board like we we introduced you know and and the pitch of it underwater and how to angle it so that the flotation kind of pulls you through the water you know i think that like let's start with maybe duck diving for example and it doesn't even have to be a true duck dive in front of white water but like when you pierce the lip pierce through the, the you can do that on as big a board as you have to but you can do it a one of two ways. You know, one is like unchanging on the board, just letting the board take the shape of the contour of the water or the wall of the wave, or be like have, manipulating the angle of the board through the wave a little bit so that as the wave passes you, the buoyancy of the board wants to pull you through it, you know, and helps you guide you through, especially when you pair that with a little bit of paddling momentum. It's, it's your tool, it's your weapon, you know? And like the wave is go coming to just take you out. So you really gotta take the reins and angle yourself and punch through that wave. I mean, all those, all those verbs are really important because you do, you kind of have to get fired up and you have to get passionate about it, yeah. figuring it out. You need to have a conviction about it. You need to like do it. Like you're not just lying on your board. You're controlling it, you know. The, the. Um, uh, so this is reminding me actually, as you were talking about how this is your tool, like it's got to do the work, in the way that you would sling a sledgehammer properly to split wood. My aunt taught me when I was a kid, and what, that was one of the things she said: use the weight of the hammer. Right. Like you got to pick it up with a good posture and over your head, straight arms from the distance that you already set for yourself. Yeah. And just let it fall, and you only need to, like push a Guide little bit it. Yeah. yeah you don't really like swing to hit it like you would a, a like a small hammer and a nail but when you're hitting a like using a big old sledge to split a piece of wood with a wedge you just kind of have to let the hammer do the work and when it falls squarely on that wedge it's, it's just a beautiful click you know yep. in the same way that when you pierce a wave with the right angle and a little bit of paddling momentum you don't need a lot like it's the same thing you don't need to go furious about it but just a little paddling momentum and the right pitch and drive of the tool and it's just like together they multiply it's butter that's why you really do have to fight to get just get under the lip mm. you know just get under the lip and then you got your momentum and then you also got a master like getting 
really low profile to your board and getting right. your head down at that angle just right, collapsing onto your board and piercing through. Yeah, I guess I, I guess to just speak a little bit to the technique is is to say it's sort of like a low profile press up. You know, you still kind of have to bring your hands to your rails or something, and like, but without actually fully pressing up because we're talking about piercing through the lip still. So you like, you got to get that control by bringing your hands deep and next to your ribs, but on the maybe rails. even your knee or your foot is going down too, and that's how you're controlling this tail to nose pitch so that you don't just go straight and back up and back, you know, and get pitched over backwards would be the, the extreme of this, but that's where it's gonna happen. Right as a wave's pitching and you're looking to pierce through it, it's the easiest time to get through a wave actually when you do it right, yes. but it's also the easiest to get just sent backwards with Suck, the lip. but right back over the falls. One with the lip. <laughs> oh my goodness, yeah, so such a cru crucial, dynamic little move that you you have to get dialed in and, and it's every chance that you get you know to practice it and to make that decision I'm gonna punch through this thing I'm gonna hold on to the board and I'm gonna get through it mm -hmm. like a seasoned surfer would in this situation I'm gonna tighten everything up in you know my paddling my posture everything positioning stroke form and I'm gonna get some good strokes so I can just get in the position to get through this wave and then I'm gonna finish it off by really like nailing that angle and then mm -hmm. you just come up the other side like I mean as soon as you get through it basically you're already into paddling because again that's the most critical part of the wave it's it's like the easiest place to get sucked back over right. so get your hands back in the, <laughs> back water, in the water and get going yeah right on um, what was I? Um, I was just thinking of something. Oh, so basically, I was just thinking about how when we were warming up for this this episode, we were saying how it's not really something we can outline. It's just we gotta like throw it back and forth because it's so difficult to to discuss without the visual aid, you know. So really, what I I feel the motivation of this episode is, uh, or the like, the real goal is to get you out there in the water with a new idea in your head, a new knowledge, like, okay, I know I'm supposed to be using my board a little more. I know that if I do it right, it'll actually help me through the wave rather than have to be a fight. A new challenge, and really sync up. So another way I can, I, I can think to have people discover this on their own is in the transition from sitting on their board to paddling. There's a really important thing that can be taken advantage of there, and it's still, it's, it's all in this, this grand scheme or theme of uh, you harnessing the power of your board. And when you're sitting on your board, especially to do a sitting turn, your tail should be sunk. You know, your nose should be in the air and your tail sunk, so you shorten your rail line and are making small, tight turns. But now that creates a new opportunity because to paddle effectively, you have to get your board on plane. So when your tail is in the water, you can like even dig it down a little load bit. Load it. And yeah, load it up like a spring, like even crush it more into the water and really feel the resistance. Like if you let go, your board's gonna shoot out of your hands from under you. Yes. Load that up, harness it, and come into perfect paddling position as the board overcomes the, the sunkenness, the, the submerged uh, thing it doesn't want to because it wants to float and uh, like release. Breaches, Onto yeah. the surface of the water, but very importantly, you have to be in good paddling position. Paddling, you have to find good position while the board is tail sunk in the water. Right. So that as it comes out, you're getting one hand in the water and encouraging that 
that resurfacing of the tail and projecting out into your paddling. And we like to, I think boogie boarders call it corking, but we kind of, me and Coach Jeff kind of adopted that term. Yeah. And, and it, right? Well, what else do you call that? Corking, corking transition is what we always like to say. Bri D's does it really good. Certain surfers, like they paddle so they take so many less strokes than other surfers because they've learned to harness the power of their board. They're uncorking, they're uncorking it all day long. They're mm. corking it, corking it, corking to get into waves. Right. If you position right yourself right mm -hmm. and do a cork, you right. don't have to paddle basically. Yep. That's the secret to the no paddle takeoff yes. is positioning and corking and harnessing the power of your board. You can literally launch yourself into a wave by burying your tail in the trough at the right moment as the lip is pitching. It's such a cool way. And so I always tell my students, like as they're getting to this fluency of being able to lie down and paddle, I start to introduce this concept where it's like, okay, now don't just lie down to paddle, but try to harness your board potential there and project out. And basically I'm think I'm, I'm given reasons like, you know, when you do it or why, and then I'm thinking like, wait a minute, this is how I do it every time. Always. Every single time I sit up on my board, I make sure that I sink the tail and push it down a little bit to different degrees all the time but always using a little bit of that fact that the board wants to float so sink it load it up and then project out into paddling and get that the hardest part about paddling is starting yeah those first strokes so overcome that with your corking such a such a good one from from a stop to a go i mean you can you can make it happen so quick you can be at full paddling speed you know within whatever two two strokes or, yeah yeah whereas if you started and you're just laying on your board and then you get it going then what maybe four strokes right oh yeah and whatever it is numerically or quantitatively if you see two surfers like the dog and the guy that's just light as air like foiling along like a pelican it, it, you can look at the beginning of their paddles and uh, or they're the starting to paddle and and just how they begin I bet you, I bet you, without even seeing these two imaginary comparison people surf, one of them's corking and the other guy's just kind of clumsily collapsing down onto the board in paddling position and then dragging his arm through the still water and pulling his weight forward. And by then, the other Digging. guy's already lurched out two paddle, two surfboard lanes ahead. Right. And, and that's like, we're talking about using it in all circumstances. And one of the big ones that I, that I know we've been employing a lot when we're surfing bigger waves and you're on the inside and you're getting rocked and you're having to duck dive big white waters is as you're coming up, for one, we have our boards in our hands mm -hmm. and we're using the buoyancy mm -hmm. to bring us up to the surface at the right angle and then pulling ourselves, like shooting out of the, you know, resurfacing and using that momentum, you know, to get it going, yeah. where pe other people are just kind of letting themselves get dragged way back and right. we're g gaining ground or at, at hol holding ground at least. That's at what least, you're trying to do. Depending upon the wave size. But you know, I, it's a compounding problem because first of all, if you don't go through a wave with like a good, you know, form and profile and, and angle of your board underwater and all that stuff, not only do you get rocked by more by the wave and get dragged back, you also come up not in position to keep going and still getting dragged. So it's like, it like Compounds. doubles and triples. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a problem that really can be solved 
when you just start harnessing your board's power and, and knowing how it angles and helps you when you point it that way versus the other. It happens like when I duck dive and if it's a bigger wave or I couldn't get deep enough and it points me down, I know right away it's gonna be a bad duck dive. Right. You know, like I know I'm getting rocked because now I'm not even pointing up. But like even while I'm getting turned and cartwheeled under there, I'm always waiting for the moment to be able to point up. Yep. And just keep, if I can stay latched onto the board, and let it pull me through, you know? Even if the beginning wasn't great, you can redeem yourself a little bit, you know, and try to st at least not come up like hanging on to the side of your board, right. shipwreck sailor style, you know? Or just let go of your board and that now you're really getting dragged all around. Mm, totally. <laughs> and have, um, you know, have no real direction or control. And you're definitely, again, when you're in that position, you're just trying to hold ground. If you can just maintain closer to where you know basically closer to the impact zone as soon as it lets up boom you're right out the other person's gotten rocked all the way to the inside and has to come through this huge field yeah it's just uh, redo everything they had just done you know and, and get, regain the ground they got pushed back on that's what we I, we always land on something based around just efficiency and trying to mm -hmm. conserve as much energy as you possibly can and you know sometimes you got to put it in up front by holding on to your board in the first place and then just really fighting to angle it where you're trying to go right yeah. back out to the horizon yeah sinking that tail it's it's a, it's it comes up a lot you know you we, i do it on some of my kickouts like if it's not a high flying speedy one mm -hmm. like it's a really slow over the shoulder standing there as the board sinks i deliberately make sure the tail sinks a little more so that as i kind of dismount down into paddling position same thing i'm lurching back oh, yeah. out and going right into my paddle out yep um punching through a wave that's not really that big you know it's just a press up wave i'm just going to paddle at it knee high waist high whatever again pressing up and making sure that what the way the wave pushes me back pushes my tail into the water right loads it's, it up yup it loads it up for me you know and i just guide it and make sure that i don't get water over my nose but water under the nose so that it pushes me back a little of course i have to manipulate my weight and make sure that pitch stays right i don't go backwards but then i got the brakes on you know tail in the water barely getting pushed back and then as soon as that wave eases up uh, right back into my paddling position using that corking effect to, to jolt myself out in the direction I want to go. I'm telling you peeps, start unlocking the power of your board and it's going to be, you know, your, your sessions are going to be longer, you're going to have this newfound kind of power. Yeah. Because you and your board are working way more as one mm -hmm. and that's the goal. I mean, that's all you got out there. So use it to your advantage most of, most of us most of you guys are on big ass boards so use it yeah you it should theoretically be even better i mean i guess it's going to be harder to learn at first maybe but theoretically all that volume can be used to your advantage even more so than a smaller board so well way to wrap it up that was a really good summary you cheers you